Hey, welcome into this week's episode of Cincinnati Podcasts. I'm your main man, T-Money, here on the West Coast, and we got another representative over there on the East Coast. Giggsy, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up? Oh, man. I had to take a little break, go decompress in Hawaii because the Bearcats been stressing me out a little bit. So had to take a week off, but we're back, baby. And we are the only undefeated team in both basketball and football in the country now. And that is some exciting stuff. We're going to talk a lot about the college football rankings, a preview of this big game versus SMU, a Heisman watch. And then we're going to dive into basketball now, baby. We're going to start talking about what we've seen these past few games, what we want to see throughout the rest of the season. We'll preview one of the biggest games on our schedule coming up. And then we'll talk about a little recruiting updates as well. So it's exciting podcast. But before we dive into this, This podcast is sponsored by Chili Labs, and Chili Labs is owned and operated by a UC alum and is the most affordable lab-tested CBD on the market. You can find out more at ChiliLabs.com and use the promo code CATS for 10% off. So let's dive into this thing. Initial gut reaction. We got the college football playoff here. Since he stays at number five in the country, which is great for us, there still looks like there's a path to the playoff potentially but the more and more i see this college football rankings come out week to week the committee seems like a joke to me greg what's your initial reaction to this week's college football ranking um uh i'm happy we stayed at five i'm not really surprised we stayed at five um overall honestly it's kind of what i was expecting except the joke part to me is that houston is down at 24 which is like i mean Happy that they're finally ranked. That's huge for us because if all goes as planned, we'll face them in what three weeks, three, four weeks. But I mean, it, it is what it is now. Like, I don't trust them to make good decisions. I just have to gotta play the games that are in front of you. And it's is that is what it is. Yeah. Hey, I agree with you, man. Huge, huge win that Houston is now ranked. And if they could win out until we get to this uh AAC championship game they should be around 20 19 18 potentially so that's big for us I'm really excited that they're finally ranked I think what really hits me though is this Ohio State Oregon Michigan Michigan State ranking Mm -hmm. we have going on here you have them saying well Oregon beat Ohio State they have to be ranked ahead of Ohio State and then you have them saying well, literally, quote from Gary Barter, the commission chair, said, put the game aside and look at the numbers. Michigan is better than Michigan State. It's, it's insane. It's insane. And that is actually what's going to concern me. End of year, potentially, what if Notre Dame and us are, five, are four and five and they have to choose and they might choose Notre Dame over us? Yeah, I see. Personally, I'm not that worried. You still there? Yeah, my internet okay. just went out. Restart <laughs> it personally and I'll edit it. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, personally, I'm not really that surprised that that's the way that they handled it. I mean, I don't know. It's, I honestly do think 
that Ohio State, I mean, I think everybody thinks this. And after watching that game against Purdue, I think everybody knows Ohio State is a much better team than Oregon. And especially we've touched on this since Kerry Coombs got the defensive play calling taken away, and that's been in Ryan Day's hands. Their defenses look pretty great, but also that sparked their offense. I don't know if it's yeah. less less time on the field as a defense and more the ball in the offensive hands more. It's it's just it's inconsistent. It, it, they're just that's the so problem. Consistent week to week. They're like they, inconsistent. They, it's it's one time they defend. They defend that yes, like Oregon should be. Like, I mean, you just covered all of this, but it, it, it just doesn't make any sense at all to me. Yep. And that's what scares me moving forward when they have to pick us to potentially be the fourth team. So, but that aside, we do have some huge games this week that could impact Cincinnati making the playoff. We have Oklahoma, Iowa state, Iowa state's a four point underdog, but if they beat Oklahoma knocks out another team that could potentially make the playoff. We have Oregon, Utah, Utah is actually favored by three. Mm -hmm. So keep fingers crossed. And even if, Oregon wins this game that will most likely play Utah again in the Pac-12 championship. So still a chance there. We have Wake Forest, Clemson. I know Wake Forest is only 10th right now, but a one loss ACC champion might be tough to keep out of the playoffs. So Clemson's favored by three, knockout Wake Forest. And then I'm going to say a big one here, and this might be the only time I'm ever going to say this, but this weekend I'm a Buckeye fan. We need Ohio State to beat Michigan State to guarantee that there will be no other one-loss Big Ten teams besides the Big Ten champion. And that is if OSU beats Michigan State. And then one-loss Michigan, one-loss Ohio State will play the next week, and that will knock out the rest of the teams from being qualified to potentially make the playoff even if they're not the Big Ten champ. Yep. It, it pains me to say I've been a Buckeye fan for the past like five weeks now. Yeah, I really, but it, it's just the path that I see. And I've been hard, like preaching this, that Ohio state just needs to win out and that will take care. There's not going to be any weird sort of, we have two, one loss, big 10 teams. One's yep. not the conference champ, but they were also. So I, yeah, I've been a big, big Ohio state fan and I hate that I'm saying this. Yep. So we'll see a lot of moving parts this weekend. We also had the Heisman watch Desmond Ritter tied for eighth really hasn't gone anywhere. He's just not having big enough games right now. And you know, he's not throwing for five touchdowns, 400 yards versus these teams. Like you feel like he should. So it looks like he's slowly slipping out, but who knows? He still has a few more games versus SMU Houston that could slip him into this, but right now tied for eighth uh, in the odds to win the Heisman. Yeah. And, you know, to touch on that, um, go, going back to the big slate of games this weekend, or at least, yeah, is the, yeah, the Oregon's this weekend. Um, the big, big storyline that I'm really excited to see, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast two, two weeks ago, might have just been texting back and forth about it, but um, Utah's running back, Tavion Thomas, was at UC two years ago. He th- I think he spent two years here and kind of just had some issues, couldn't get his stuff together, but he was a four-star coming out of Dayton, I think Dayton-Dunbar High School. Um, second biggest recruit in the, just off the top of my head, I want to say it was the 2018 class, and he's been killing it at Utah. I think two weeks ago he had 170 yards 
four touchdowns. So that's who I'm really, really looking forward to maybe punching the Oregon Ducks in the mouth, having a huge game, oh, yeah. winning that for us. And if it comes down to us getting into the playoff because Oregon took that second loss and it was due to Tavion Thomas once or even twice, I would not be surprised if Utah beat him up two times yeah. in the last three games of the season. I think that would be really a- an amazing synchronicity that yeah. started at UC Coming full and circle. still got UC into the playoff somehow. So that's, that's what I'm really, really looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, that'll be awesome. A lot of huge games, a lot of, you know, a lot of Heisman people that are playing each other, CJ Stroud versus uh, Kenneth Walker. So it's going to be interesting. I think Ritter's chances are all about out. He's throwing a pick just about every game. It seems like now you actually have to go back to the UCF game over a month ago in October, five games straight. Now he's throwing a pick in. So just not doing himself any favors right now. You know, it's been like kind of upsetting me though. Like I, how many picks does he have on the season? He has six interceptions on the season, 22 to six touchdowns to interception ratio. I, I swear. And these are not all to blame the receivers because I, I always like to say, if you get your hands on it, you should catch it. But that's yeah. not, that's not totally true because he has overthrown guys and there've been tips, but I, I swear at least four of those interceptions have been tips and tips that our receiver got their hands on. So it's like, yeah, And I know he hasn't had like great flashy completion percentage games, or he hasn't thrown a bunch of touchdowns in a single game, but at least interception wise and last week, right off of Alec Pierce's hands into the USF defender. So I don't know. I think those are a little skewed, but again, like you've touched, he's not putting up crazy flashy numbers, but he's getting a swim. So, yeah. So we'll see, but you know, we missed two weeks of uh, football here. So we're going to touch real quickly on the Tulsa game, 28 to 20 win Uh, defense makes eight straight goal line stops to help win that game. What were your initial thoughts uh, after you watched that? It was, it's been another frustrating game where we go out to an early lead similar to the next game we'll talk about, but we go out to an early lead, let them back in 14, 12 at halftime. And I think it's a culmination of Luke this past week said that he is in, has no interest in running up the score on teams. He actually said that he contacted the Murray state head coach and apologized to him for that final score, which is like unbelievable. Like that's the one thing we need to do. (laughs) exactly the great guy but that's (laughs) i would be out there just looking for blood if i'm the head coach but i appreciate like i do appreciate that that game was only 42 to 7 so that's kind of crazy he even did that but it's i I think it's a little bit that maybe luke doesn't want to go out and beat a team 50 to 21 but but at the same time we just have not been playing we've been playing amazing in one quarter and playing like a bottom half AAC team in another quarter. Yep. And then we come out this Tulsa game, it was 14, 12 and a half. We come out, score two quick touchdowns and we're up 28 to 12. And then they come back and like you said, make it really close with eight straight goal line stands, but it was almost going to be pending a two point conversion, a tied game and yeah. going into overtime. And there's our season resting in the hands of overtime. And i do not like that, but I don't know. I think it's a bit of that and a bit of maybe just, I think we're just being too conservative on defense. Yeah. Giving up huge running holes, 
putting three on the line, maybe bringing a linebacker, but just dropping seven guys in coverage and it leaves open a ton of room to run. So, yep. I mean, you know, so we, we move past that game. Jerome Ford gets hurt, but luckily it's only an ankle injury. So I don't think he's going to be out for much, much longer. He sits out the USF game, which uh, we, we ended up dominating there at the end. You know, the game was definitely not as close as it looked. They scored a quick seven points off a pick to the uh, our two yard line, which they punched in. We scored 31 straight after that, uh, and they got some more in garbage time. What were your initial thoughts on that USF game? Um, well, this was a game that, I mean, Des had a really good game. Yeah. I mentioned the interception right off of Pierce's hands. So I don't really blame him for that. But he was 31 of 39, 304 yards, two touchdowns with one pass completed to himself, which was pretty cool. Hilarious. And I mean, I think we got a pretty nice effort from the backs with Ford out. And I did hear that Ford was warming up, actually yep. looked great in warm ups, but I get it. If he's not, if he's at 90%, why are we going to throw him in against USF when we have Ryan Montgomery, Ethan Wright, Charles McClellan, Des to run for 65 yards? Like, yeah. By committee, we ran for 202 yards. We didn't need Jerome Ford. So nope. I thought it would have been kind of cool because he's from the Tampa area. So it would have been cool for him to play. I bet he had a lot of fans there. But end of the day, we have two two big games coming up in the next three. So yeah, I, I think it was smart to hold them out and overall, I mean, good effort. We got another pick from sauce. I, I was pretty happy. I didn't like how close it got, but, and, and Deshaun pace again with an interception. Yeah. And he's, I, he has four interceptions on the season. He's almost scored on every single one, but he's been taken down at like, anywhere between the 10 and 20 and it's really frustrating but i'm just yeah. rooting for him to finally get in the end zone but as a linebacker four interceptions in 10 games that's all you can ask that's way more than you can ask out of a linebacker oh i know i know uh i mean i thought it was a solid game it looked like we could move the ball with ease finally we've been missing this we need you know we had a bad throw but we're coming out hot now and I'm happy with that game. I hope that gets the ball rolling on this offense, scoring 40-plus points. You know, I really liked how we looked, and our defense played well. It was garbage time stuff, really, I think. You know, like you said, we're letting them just take chunk plays in front of us, but that's fine. That's fine. So we're going into this SMU game here this next weekend as one of uh, probably our third biggest game of the year behind Notre Dame. Uh, Indiana looked like it was going to be, but they're not anymore. As our third hardest game uh, behind Houston and Notre Dame, we have a 75% chance of winning according to FBI and only favored by 11. This is a solid team. Uh, this is going to be SMU Super Bowl here. So we got to make sure we come out and get up ready for this game. Can't come out flat. Uh, what are your thoughts previewing this game? Um, I mean, obviously we're facing a really, really good quarterback in Tanner Mordecai. He was yeah. a top 300 prospect out of high school, originally went to Oklahoma and transferred to SMU. Um, I mean, he's been putting up pretty crazy numbers. He's thrown for, he's throwing almost at 70% completion rate, 37, wow, 37 touchdowns. Oh yeah. 37 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. I mean, he, he's going to be one to stop. But the thing I like about this is the last, the Navy game, the Tulane game, Tulsa, and 
not as much in the USF game, but these teams have really tried to run on us because we're saying, like I just mentioned, we're going to put three guys down, maybe put like Joel DeBlanco coming up the middle. And when you're rushing four, there are a lot of running lanes. And while SMU does have a really good running back in Ulysses Bentley, the fourth SMU is a passing team and we yes. haven't seen a team ready to throw on us since I don't even know who, I mean, maybe, Jeez, somewhere last year <laughs> yeah I, I mean but maybe notre dame you not would, even would have been indiana been maybe UCF. first half indiana yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like i'm i'm actually really excited for this because we're finally going to see our, our best asset going against their best asset and personally i think i mean we probably have the best secondary in the country at least as of last week we had the lowest per completion percentage allowed so yeah i'm i'm excited to see how we play it the game's been making me a little bit nervous but honestly i think we come out and beat them by a few scores i think we're with the usf game last week how we looked pretty strong most of the game i think we had a little bit of a lull midway through the season you're playing these not great AAC yeah. teams. It gets stale. You're playing at Tulane the day before Halloween in front of a couple hundred people. Like it, that's like a high school, worse yep. than high school atmosphere. I think we're finally back at home. It's not nip at night, but it gets so dark early. It's going to be like half of the game is nip yeah. at night. I'm going to be there. Really Greg's going to be there, baby. I, All right. I think, I think we have like six throw tickets. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm pumped. So I, I think we come out. I could see it being close at the beginning, but I think our depth just, especially, especially defensively, we have so many dudes Yeah, and I, I think we win by a few scores and that'll look great at the end of the season. So, yep. Totally agree. I'm excited for this one. They're the eighth most passing yards per game in the country and 15 most points uh, per game in the country. So these guys don't joke around on offense, but like you said, it's finally going against the strength of our team. The best position group of our team is our secondary. So I'm excited to see all these guys out there, Kobe Bryant, Sauce, all these guys against their receivers in that passing game. Maji Sanders finally can rush the passer for once instead yeah. of having to, you know, run uh, run defend and stuff like that so i'm really excited i think we know now we gotta stop coming out flat and we're gonna get up big for this game we realize this is the biggest game left on our schedule before the championship game in the aac so i think we come out strong here i'm with you i'll take the bearcats and the points if we're betting this one i think it's, it's going to be a good one yep and Injury concerns. Um, I'm not totally sure if both of these guys aren't going to play. I think it's kind of up in the air right now. But Danny Gray is their top wide receiver. He has 800 yards on the season and nine touchdowns. Jeez, God, yeah, they put up video game numbers. Yeah. There. And Ulysses Bentley, the fourth, who I mentioned, he's actually second on the team in yards this year, but he's been hurt. But he averages over seven yards a carry Crazy. and has 517 yards on the season. So I think with those two out, I mean, and that's the thing, like so many of these teams aren't even looking at sauce, but when your top wide receiver is out, that really knocks down your possibilities for, it's like, who is Tanner Mordecai going to throw to? Yeah. And I feel like they might try to go for sauce, but I mean, please good luck go for sauce. So like, go for him. So I I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah. It's going to be a good game, game, man. I'm excited. This football team's finally coming to the, the, 
the home stretch here. So it's, it's good stuff, but we have some football recruiting news. Don't we, Greg, we got some, Ooh. you know, some signees. We, you know, yep. we looking at some few guys, where are we at here with some of these recruits? So la- I believe this was, yeah, this was last week and I'm not going to do it chronologically because they happen in back-to-back days, but I'm yeah. going to start in class. So we got a commit. We were after him for a long time. Luther Richardson, six foot three quarterback out of Nashville, actually coached by Trent Dilfer. And he's been putting up insane stats. I don't have the stats with me right now, but I want to say, well, I know this, he was throwing the ball at 80%. I think only threw one or two interceptions on the season. It was really, really low. And the kid has a cannon. So that was huge. The first day that he could be contacted, I want to say it was June 1st, right at midnight, you see through a sort of like a midnight madness type event where they hosted Luther Richardson, um, Tommy McIntosh, who's, I I think he's a local kid, um, but he committed, he's a wide receiver that committed to Wisconsin, but we were really going for Luther and he was a quiet, quiet prospect. And I think he was really trying to focus on his senior season of football and he got through it and said, yep, you see the place for me. So that's a really big recruit. I'm excited to have him coming in right behind Evan Prater and challenging Evan Prater also. Yeah. I mean, it, it's perfect to have another strong quarterback behind him. So great. that was big. The day prior, the biggest, highest recruited defensive or the highest ranked defensive commit in program history, Trevor Carter out of Ironton, Ohio, which is oh, yeah. right on the ohio west virginia border lucky we kept him out of west virginia i'm not sure how hard they were recruiting him but he's 151st overall number 10 linebacker number four in ohio and he's really boosting that class of 2023 so now in 2023 we have three of the top 12 ohio commits which is amazing. We're actually hosting Malik Hartford. He's number three in Ohio, 112th overall. He's going to be at the SMU game this weekend. That would be huge. And there are just, there are a lot of guys that we're going for. Anthony Brown, he's number 10. He is a wide receiver. He's currently committed to Michigan or sorry, Minnesota. And his brother plays there, I believe, but we're going for him really, really hard. So I just, I like I like the way our recruiting's heading. It's great. and one big visitor, Mario Eugenio, he's going to be on campus this weekend, and he would be an absolute monster to get. He's yeah. right around, like, top 225, and he is a really good DN. We've talked about him a bit in the past, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him and see if we can reel him in. Hey, we're heading in the right direction. They're doing great things. Two big commits here. Uh, but let's move over now to basketball we're finally getting into basketball season and we're three and oh baby three and oh you know i know two of those teams weren't that great but georgia's solid we took them down just like we will in football ken palm now has us at 105th in the country which is better than like the 140 that we were projected to be so we're we're heading in the right direction this you know what are your first thoughts over the the first three games here greg i was so so pleasantly surprised at our defensive intensity like this the thing that's like blowing my mind and and like you just said we haven't played great teams um Evansville in Ken Palm is 192 Georgia I think is 
167 somewhere or somewhere around there like they're not great but they're not bad 163 and then Alabama Alabama AM is in the 300s yeah but I mean they it was great teams to start the season with and I mean yeah like I said this defensive intensity it looks like we're watching a Mick defensive team mixed with I don't want to say this but mixed with what John Brandon was trying to do which when in the past two years, when that offense was clicking, they were clicking and going on really big scoring runs. Yeah. But John Brandon could not coach defense. And I mean, we didn't have great defensive players. But I think this team is really just bought into West Miller. Mason Madsen said a few weeks ago, like, I don't think anyone said it to him, but we think Wes Miller is the best coach in the country. And I love that. Like it shows a full buy-in from this team and they've just, I mean, it's been, everyone has been contributing. Like at at the beginning of the season, I was thinking like, God, we need somebody to go out and get 15 points every single night. And I was looking at the roster and I'm like, I don't know who's going to do it. I feel like, like last year that was kind of Keith, but Keith in that role, he was, I think he was forcing a lot and I was just kind of worried about that, but we were, we've been scoring by committee. Like yep, David DeJulius exactly. is averaging 13 JD's at 11, but then we have Odie, Mike Saunders and Victor Locke in all around eight points. Mike Adams woods at 7.7. Like there've been all these guys have just been contributing and it's yeah. been really amazing to see like a lot of sharing the ball. Victor Locken also, oh my God, that dude has been, he only, he's only played two games because he was nursing. I think it was an ankle in the Alabama A&M game, but he's been absolutely incredible. Averaging a block and a half a game. Hayden Koval is actually averaging 1.7, but his touch around the rim, his ability to finish, he can step out and hit a jumper and he's a freshman. Like I love it. I'm I'm excited for this team. I I see a lot of great things in the future. Yep. Love the defense intensity with an updated 21st century offense, which w- yeah. what we were missing with Mick Cronin here. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's getting involved. Like you said, we're not relying on one person. So I, I really do love that. Uh, excited for this. We got two games uh, until our next episode next week. We have Presbyterian, which, you know, not too worried about, but, if we win that game, Wes Miller could be the first 4-0 start for a new Bearcats head coach since Tay Baker. Can you guess the year, Greg? Probably not. 1965. <laughs> okay. I was going to guess. Oh, so that was after the national championship. Yeah. So oh. this could be the first new coach to start 4-0 in his first season since 1965. So that's what Wes is looking to do versus Presbyterian. Uh, but then we move on really to the big one. And this is probably the biggest game. We play Houston. Yeah. But Illinois uh, next Monday, number 10 in the country right now, this will be a real test to see, are the Bearcats going to be maybe in line for a sneak in their uh, March Madness spot? Uh, it, will they make the tournament? You know, how solid will we be as a team? Uh, they were one seed last year in the March Madness rankings. So what are your thoughts heading into this Illinois game, at least? I mean, they just went down to Marquette. Yeah. I was in Marquette is 88th in Ken Palm. I have not re-updated my Ken Palm subscription, so I can't go back to see what they were before. But, I mean, 
it, it shows they're beatable. I don't think Kofi Coburn, I, I thought his name was Cockburn for three years when we were recruiting <laughs> him a bit. And I'm kind of that it's not, but yeah. I don't think he, oh, he played because he was suspended. That's right. But, and that's a big loss because he is a massive, massive center. And yeah going to be a pretty high draft pick but it i mean it shows they're beatable and i think we are still significantly better than our ken palm rating but i understand because ken palm's still taking last year into effect Mm -hmm. ken palm's not really fresh until somewhere in january where it actually has your updated stats but yeah i mean we're looking at illinois has the number one adjusted defense in the country which kind of scares me and they're 21st in offense, good for sixth overall. But I'm I, I'm just excited to see we've looked so good against one average team and two pretty below average teams. I want to see how we look against an elite team. Yep. And I'm not going to say I'm expecting us to win. Um, I would actually be kind of surprised if we did, but we're at home. It's going to be a crazy crowd. So who knows? But... I, I would at least just like us to s- go out there and really good effort and show yeah. us what this team is made of. And I mean, we could do it. We have a lot of pieces The the depth on this team is incredible. That's our strength for sure. Incredible. So I'm, I'm excited to see it and I'm excited to talk about it next week. Yeah, it's going to be great. You know, they have NBA players everywhere. So this is an elite team. Like you said, you know, I hope we win. I think we can put up a good fight. I'd love to just keep this thing. If we do lose to single digits, like let's see that we yeah. fought in, like you said, they have a great defense, but we don't rely on one single person. And I think that could be a benefit to us here. We just continue to move the ball and play solid defense here. I'm excited to see us play versus a true, true challenge here. Like you said, going to be crazy at fifth third arena at that place renovated with a full crowd is just going to be so much fun. So it's great. It's going to be exciting. Uh, anything else you want to preview or talk about with this basketball team here? Um, I mean, I mean, I'm again, I, I kind of just want to go back to Victor. I mean, we did not know what we were getting in him. We knew that he was a very highly like regarded player coming out of Russia. I mean, I think at the time when he committed, it was probably almost two years ago. Yeah. He committed on June 15th, 2020. So yeah, not so much, but um, when he committed, we didn't really know anything about him. He, he was the number 44 center and an 89 overall by, or an 89 ranking by 24 yeah. seven sports. And I think he was kind of up in the air, but you get a big man out of Russia. He's extremely skilled and I'm really like, I'm pumped that we have him for the next three years. If he doesn't go early, I mean, yeah. I, I don't really know how the scouts are seeing him, but and then on top of that, I think David DeJulius getting a shot back is big because last year he did not shoot the ball well at all. And mm-hmm. everyone was thinking when he transferred from Michigan, he was going to come in and be a good like 35, 38% from three, but he shot 20%. And this year he's at 33%. He had a really big game against Alabama AM, 21 points. So I think him finding his stroke is going to be really huge for us. And overall, I mean, it's amazing to see the amount of chemistry this team has. I mean, we brought in 
Jared Hensley, AJ McGinnis, Hayden Koval, John Newman. I mean, those three all straight from UNCG. John Newman was transferring from Clemson to UNCG. So we're bringing in half of UNCG, Abdul Adu from Mississippi State. Just pieces coming from everywhere. Odie Oguamba. Gel this quick is impressive. It's, It's crazy. I was like, I was expecting it to look clunky and really weird for the first like handful of games. And it's looked smooth. So again, I'm, I'm not going to say, I think we can be a tournament team. I think we're maybe a bubble team, but who knows? Who's to say like hey, he's, Wichita he's, state last year, they came in with a bunch of new pieces and they were really great. So I trust Wes Miller. I trust the guys on this team. So yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's going to be a better season than it was at least projected by a lot of the voters to start the season. For sure. For sure. Excited what he's doing. He's obviously, you know, great with chemistry, solid coach, young, energetic, and he's doing great on the recruiting trail with some four stars already committed. So it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. So fired up, fired up right now. We got a lot to talk about the Bearcats, man, football, basketball, full swing. We got Presbyterian in Illinois next, this next week for the basketball team. And we got SMU for the Bearcats football team. Exciting one. Greg's going to be at the game. Tell us all about the atmosphere next week. So thank you for watching this week's episode. Greg, we'll talk to you soon, man. Yep. I'm just hoping to come back next week. Happy. So. That's all we can ask. If Greg's happy, that means the rest of us are going to be happy. Thanks again for watching Cincinnati Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. See ya.